Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Rooted Podcast. Uh, we do this podcast every single week because we believe that if we are rooted in Scripture, then we will live a life more according to what, what Jesus wants us to live. We will live a life that looks more like Jesus uh, than the rest of the world, but that has to be because we are rooted in Scripture, and that's why uh, we have this podcast every week. We, we talk about different issues in the church, different issues in the world, and we kind of find our answers rather than just having negative impact on this, this world or saying a lot of negative things. We like to look to Scripture to see what exactly are we supposed to do or what exactly is our response to what's going on. Uh, so today we are going to talk about, about God choosing people about God placing people in certain situations, about God equipping certain people, um, maybe even equipping ministers or, or equipping leaders or just equipping people for certain situations. Uh, there's a very good story in the Bible that I, I kind of want to talk about today that really shows a positive and negative way of doing this. Um, God had always been the person at the beginning of the Bible had always been the person that had chosen the person to lead the people or lead the next part of the journey um, towards Jesus. And there's a moment where the people declare something else rather than listening to God. Now, this has been a common theme of people not listening to God, of people going against what God wants. But there is a certain point where it seems that God kind of gives in, does warn the people, but the people still choose to do something else rather than just rather just to follow God. So in the book of First Samuel, this is after the Exodus, if you know your Bible. This is after they have kind of landed in the promised land, and they're kind of trying to figure out what they're supposed to do. And they know what they're supposed to do because they're told what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to follow God's commands and follow God, and he will guide them to what they're supposed to do next. But for some reason, these Israelites decided that they wanted to look at a different other nations. They wanted to look at other nations, and they saw that these other nations had kings, had leaders, had somebody at the top, a human, telling them what they're what they were supposed to do on a day-to-day basis on a hour-to-hour basis on an on a minute-to-minute basis and they they desired that interaction on a consistent basis rather than when god pushed the next part of what they were supposed to do they, there is a lot of waiting on god um, there's some silence in God, but God was always faithful. God always took care of them, and they knew that. But I think they wanted a little bit more interaction. They wanted to be able to go to the king, the leader, and just find out some stuff, just to find out uh, more information. They wanted to have maybe a little bit of influence on what was supposed to happen next, whatever kind of humans kind of, you know, naturally go towards. So, what Israel did is they they looked at God. They looked at, actually, it was Samuel at the time, uh, the person, the, the prophet, the person between the people and God. So God would talk to Samuel, and then Samuel would relay the information on what was supposed to happen next or what was to come. And they looked at him and said, we want a king. 
Like we, we, we want a human king. We look at all the other nations and we want one of those too. We want a king. So Samuel goes to God and Samuel's obviously frustrated. And, and God says that the people of Israel has rejected me ever since I've taken them out of Egypt. So give them what they want. But before they, he gives them what they, he wants, he warns the people in, in 1 Samuel. And I kind of want to read this to you because I, I found this, I find this really interesting. He says, this is what the king who will reign over you will claim as his rights. He will take your sons and make them reign over, sorry, and make them serve with his chariots and horses, and they will run in front of his chariots. Some he will assign to be commanders of thousands and commanders of fleets and others to plow his ground and reap his harvest and still others make weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters to be performers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your field and vineyard and olive groves and give them to his attendants. He will take a tenth of your grain and of your uh, village to give it to the officials and attendants. Uh, Your male and your female servants at the best of your cattle and the best of your cattle and the donkeys he will take of his own. He will take a tenth of your flock and you yourselves will become his slaves. When the day comes, you will cry out for relief from this king you have chosen, but the Lord will not answer you in this day. But the people refused to listen to Samuel and said, no, we want a king over us. And I find that absolutely fascinating that uh, Samuel relays this information from God, stating all these things that this king is going to do. He's going to be in charge. He's going to take your stuff. He's going to tax you. He's going to take the best of the best, the things that you want, and he's going to be, and he is going to claim that best of the best for his kingdom, and he's going to give whatever excuse he wants to say, no, we, we need the best ladies, we need the best men, we need the best cattle, we need, we need the best grain. My, if we want to take care of the, the king and his tenants need to be taken care of first because if the king goes away, then we are in trouble. And he just lays this out for all the people and they refused to listen to him. And they said, no, we still want a king. They chose what they thought would be better, the grass being greener on the other side, than following God. And it's, it's, it's crazy to look at this that was laid out so many thousands of years ago. And if you look at kings today, yeah, let's, let's just skip the kings Let's let's look at presidents, people in power. And you look at what they have done. It's crazy how it is still the same today. You have you have almost 3000 years roughly, a little bit over that, 3000 and some change years ago. This was written down and it is still being followed to this day. That the 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 explanation and the warning that that Samuel gave to the people from God, it is still 
today. This is this hasn't changed. This is what kings do. This is what this is what presidents do. This is what people in charge do when people choose other people to lead them. This is what happens. So what what do they do? What happens next? So God uh, kind of calls Samuel to find somebody that to be king, and he comes across this guy named Saul. Now, Saul was a different person. If you read the stories of Saul when he was king, uh, Saul was a completely different person before he became king. Uh, he was kind of a, a follower. He didn't lead anything. He just did whatever his dad told him. And when he was looking, whenever Saul, not Saul, whenever Samuel found him, he had been looking for a, a lost donkey. He'd been scouring all over the land looking for this one donkey when Samuel came across him. And whenever Samuel talked about, you know, you need to be king, this is, this is what God's calling you to do, this is, this is what the people want, all he could think about was a one-track mind of trying to find this donkey because his dad told him he needed to find it. And eventually Samuel's like, look, the, the, the donkey's found, man. Like, we need to go. We, this is what the people want, and we need to anoint you. And you see this fear in, in Saul's face because... He doesn't want the position. He doesn't want to be king. He doesn't feel like he is called to be king, but Samuel assures him that when the Spirit of, of God comes on him, that he will be changed. And it says in Scripture that, that God needed to change his heart so that he could be king. And whenever the Spirit of the Lord came upon Saul, he was changed completely. He was a, it says it was a completely different person. Now it's crazy to think that in leadership, you know, sometimes we as humans just want something. We want something a certain way. And the people in this moment wanted a king so bad, but they, but God did not find a single person that was worthy of kingship, that he needed to change somebody completely to just be close to somebody that could lead God's people. That, is, that blows my mind. That the, the people were, were that distant from God that they needed to change somebody completely. Because the people that they chose, the people that they wanted, we see when the second king comes around, that they were looking for things that probably didn't matter. So you got the people's choice of Saul, who ended up ruling for 40 years, but uh, probably 30 years into it, roughly. He made a really bad decision, and he did not follow what God told him to do. And in that moment, God dis decided that he was no longer going to bless Saul and his kingship. And he was going to remove the spirit from Saul and find a new king that would lead the people. He wasn't going to take Saul's kingship away. He was still going to be king until he passed away, until he ruled the, the, the allotted time that he had. But he went and he was searching for somebody else. So Samuel being all heated, he was he just had this interaction with Saul. He immediately leaves there. He has a conversation with God, and God says, go to this house, the house of Jesse, and you will find that person there. Now, the thing about it is Jesse had like seven kids. 
So he's going down the line of kids and Jesse brings all of his oldest kids in. And he's like, these, these are my boys here. Look at them. Look at how strong they are. Look at their leadership capabilities. Look at, look at what they've done. And, and Saul's like, look, these are fantastic guys that you have here, but I feel like I'm not seeing all of them. Do you have any more kids? Do you have any more sons? And Jesse says, yeah, I have one more. His name is David, but he's in the field looking over the sheep. And they go and they, Jesse brings in his son, David. But whenever they were, they were interacting, Samuel was interacting with God. Um, this is what the Lord said to Samuel. It said, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And I find it really, and it is, it's a really cool story that, you know, they take, they take David out of his current situation of being a shepherd boy, of looking over the sheep, looking over the flock, being one of the youngest kids in the family. Samuel anoints him and the spirit of the Lord comes upon David. But for the next while, David is not king. He actually becomes a servant to Saul, the current king, the one that God had rejected. And you have somebody that has the heart of God in the presence of Saul, who is obviously not the one that needs to be, that is not following God. And it says that, that God placed a spirit of kind of torment on Saul after that. But the only thing that could comfort Saul was David, who had the spirit and the heart of God. You know, Many of us treat certain leaders because of their, they, we treat certain leaders well because of their talent, uh, because of their experience, uh, maybe the things that they have accomplished in, in their life. And what we do is we take them and say, hey, they're, they're a great person. We put them on this pedestal and we listen to everything they say and we follow their leadership but it's very obviously obvious that their heart is not in line with God's heart. Like some of the richest people in America today, the people who have so much influence on our government, have so much influence on social media, so much influence on how things are ran, what things are bought. They can do whatever they want when it comes to finances and companies and, and, and get away with a lot of things because they have the resources to do so. And we place them on this pedestal and we just listen to everything that they say and we follow everything that they do because of the things of this world that, that, that God says that he does not look at. Like, it doesn't matter how tall you are. It doesn't matter your appearance. It doesn't matter what you have done. He looks at something that's completely different, that is not overly attraction to people. He looks at the heart he looks at the heart. Now that should be encouraging and also kind of fearful for some of us who have devoted ourselves to the scriptures, have devoted ourselves to following a life uh, worthy of God, to, to be like Jesus in this world, that we have, we have done our best to change our, allow God to change our heart to be like him. And we always believe that he will equip the called 
that he won't call the equipped. You had somebody like 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 Saul who was physically equipped and was a, a head taller than everybody and then and looked was a was a beautiful beautiful man and he uh could have conversations with anybody and he stuck out like like a like a good thumb in the middle of a crowd where everybody could look at him and know like this guy's different than everybody else and 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 the people chose him because he looked different he looked more powerful he was a taller person than everybody else and we see that that just doesn't work out that that God equipped somebody because of their talents and not because they were called but you have you have the second option this the second go around where God says I'm going to choose I'm no longer going to follow we're not going to follow this guy anymore but I, we're going to choose the right guy who has the heart and we see the success immediately we see the interaction with David and Goliath we see the interaction where where Saul tries to kill David over and over again, but he knows that he is called to be in that area, and he still goes back and still tries to comfort Saul when he's being tormented. He still stick arounds when, when Saul is leading the people to destruction, but God calls him saying, look, you will be king one day. You need to, you need to stay faithful. And, and God equips David along the way to overcome all the different obstacles that are in his way until he becomes king. And then even after all of this stuff with David, God still says that David is a man after God's own heart. And God equipped that person to lead Israel. And even whenever people, when Jesus came around and they were looking for another king, they wanted a king like David. Like the one who had the right heart. No matter all the decisions he made, all the failures he made, which he had some pretty big ones, even in today's standards, would be, would be really big, just blows. Even then, God still looked at him and said, you are a man after God's own heart. And all the people wanted another king like that. And it all started with the heart. That he had the right heart. So what does that mean what does that mean for us? You know, some of us feel called to be in leadership. Some of us feel called to be to be preachers, to be ministers, to be elders, to be deacons, to uh, maybe even outside of the church, um, in your own companies, you feel a calling to lead or to move up in your company. And we see that some people and the majority of people that go up in companies, they do that because of the way of the outward appearance of, of that they can handle it. And we see that that just doesn't work long term. It might work for a season. You know, some people can fool people for a long time that they're, they're strong enough, they're mentally stable enough, that they have enough experience, that they'll do a good job just by their outward appearance. People can, can fake it for a long time. And some people have, have honestly made it because of the way that they have, they have faked their way up there. But it doesn't last. Like, you can't keep it up forever. Eventually, you, you, the heart that you have will come out in your frustrating moments, 
when things don't go your way. And because of that, that's when you see these people fall. And it's terrible to, it's terrible to watch. But for us as Christians, when we see this example of David and we see this example of Saul, we need to first understand that the heart matters the most when it comes to our relationship with God. That if we want God to come through and empower us and equip us with the right things, then it, look, our heart has to be in the right spot. We can't use our own power to elevate ourselves to get to where we want to be. But we need to have the heart of God so that we can get where God wants us to be. We see a lot more joy in scriptures when that is the case rather than people put themselves in their own power. You know, we've talked about the, the rich young ruler and, and Jesus in the parables. We, we saw the guy who was, was really rich and wanted to go to heaven, and Jesus said, well, you need to sell everything. It, this doesn't matter that the the taking care of the poor and and the widows and following me should be the number one thing in your in your heart. And he walked away sad because he was rich. His heart wasn't in the right spot. And you just see this this collapse of people when they realize that they have to give up their desires and put on the heart of God. And then when you do that. It doesn't matter what your desire is. It only matters what God's desires are. You know, the good news is he has allowed all of us to be chosen. When he sent his son down to die on the cross for our sins, he chose every single one of us to come to heaven. He did. He allows all of us a, a, as a free gift to have that relationship with him, to receive the Holy Spirit, to um, enter into a community of believers that has a great resource chain, a great support system, a, a system that values others above themselves. <coughs> but the negative side to it, for us, not for anybody else, is that when you enter into that, because Jesus died for us, we in turn need to die to ourselves to follow him. We need to die to our own heart and we need to put on the heart of God. We need to allow God's heart to be inside of us so that we can have that label of like man or woman after God's own heart. That's pretty cool. That God sees that favor upon us. Not because of our success, not because of our experience, but because of our heart and having a heart of God. That is the phenomenal aspect of the story. That who does God choose? He chooses the person who has the heart of him. I mean, you see that at the very beginning. Anytime God needed somebody, he saw like, look, this guy is following me. You see that with 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 Noah. It's it's he looked on favor of Noah because he was still, you know, he still had fear for God. He still had the heart of God. It seemed like nobody else did. Same with Abraham. Same with the down. You can go down the line going towards Jesus of of just God choosing people because of their heart, and 
you see the success of that through the line. But you see all these other people, like the big name peoples that kind of pop up and they slowly fade away because they had built their life on their own power and their own success. And eventually that just fades away. But the power of Jesus and the power of God through the Holy Spirit, that lasts forever. And that's what we're supposed to go towards. So today, for the rest of the week, until we gather again, I want you to think about constantly the heart that you have. I want you to think constantly about that God doesn't care about your success. God doesn't care about the earthly power that you have or the money that you have, but he cares about your heart and where it is. He cares about that, and that's who he equips. That who, that's who he chooses. That's who, whatever, whenever something is going in a different direction or a certain direction, and you call upon him and you ask something in Jesus' name, the heart is what will direct you if you have the heart of his. That he leads and he chooses the ones that have his heart. So I want to pray for us today. I'm going, to, I'm going to pray for our leaders. I want to pray for the, our future leaders that we choose the ones that have the right heart. And that we first, if we want to be in that position, we have a position where we want to change our hearts that are more geared towards God and not geared towards ourselves because that is the direction that God wants us to go. That is how we will be successful in God's eyes, not in the earthly or not in earthly eyes. So let me pray for that. Dear and fathers, I want to thank you so much for today. Um, thank you so much for the group of people that come and, and listen every single week so that we can be just be more rooted in your scripture and we, we find examples and we find scriptures that kind of and do guide us more towards your will than our own will. And today we talked about the heart and how our heart needs to be more like you as we as we guide ourselves or you guide us towards you that you choose the ones that have the right heart and we all have that ability to do that now because of your son jesus and we're so thankful for that but i I pray that we choose that over ourselves that because of your son dying on the cross for us we in turn die to ourselves so that we can put on your heart instead god i pray for that strength to do that and i pray for the for the 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 foresight to see that the true joy and the true satisfaction of life comes through that and not of anything that we can build on our own. So God, you are good. And ask this on your son's name. Amen. You guys have a great week, and I will see you next Wednesday as we continue on 